screwdriver. Make sure everything is where you want it. Reach up there and pull those belts tight one more time. Going green next time. Bye. This is the Scrubbing Tires Podcast. What is up, everyone? This is the Scrubbing Tires Podcast back again with another episode this week, episode number eight. And as always, I'm your host, Brandon Hall, joined alongside Jacob and Jordan Smith of Smith Family Racing. And again, we're pumped for this new episode, so we're going to get it kicked off here, and I'll pass it to Jake for a new listener spotlight. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, had a, one of the racers from Car National Speedway. He currently races in the late models and also has Grand America Modified. Hasn't made it out to the Modifieds races yet, but apparently he is going to be racing this upcoming weekend. Uh in the gams so got a shout out to brad skufka i hope that is how you pronounce your last name if i butchered <laughs> it i apologize go ahead and facebook message me and tell me how you really say it but and you can bum rush him in the pits yeah exactly him. you can come up to me <laughs> but uh he messaged me last week said he listened to the podcast and loves it and said he'll tune in every week so uh shout out to you man thanks for uh tuning in listening and listen to us going forward yeah appreciate it brad and uh Look forward to seeing you out at the track as well. Definitely. All right, so let's get into it, boys. We had a busy weekend of racing. NASCAR was back all three series, and uh, I was telling George before this that I actually had no idea that the Camping World Truck Series were in action until I flipped on the TV on Friday. I was like, uh, <laughs> I didn't know we were. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So Friday, Saturday, or excuse me, no, uh, Saturday was a doubleheader for uh, trucks and then Xfinity and then, of course, Sunday. I will lead us off with the Camping World Truck Series United Rentals 176. All three series, of course, were at Watkins Glen. Had a great weekend. Love that track. And again, uh, never thought I'd be hearing myself say that, but with the road courses, but always good racing there. So qualifying, I'll just list them off uh, in reverse order from five to one. Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, Chandler Smith, Todd Gilwin, and Austin Hill was your pole sitter. And stage one, uh, kind of interesting lap one in corner number one. Everybody was spinning out, looked like something off of iRacing um, with no practice and all that good stuff there. So finally got it straightened out. It was kind of after that, it was, you know, beating and banging like a road course kind of brings, but kind of boring after that. Todd Gillen was your stage one winner, followed by Sheldon Cream, uh, Creed, excuse me, Derek Krause, Josh Berry getting another opportunity there. Good to see him up there. And Austin Wayne self in your rounding out your top five. And then in uh, stage two, uh, Zane Smith was leading for a while and then uh, actually got past. Um, and then basically the same, same kind of order, except John Hunter Nemechek snuck his way in there. So you had, Austin Hill winning stage two, John Hunter Nemechek taking second, AJ Allmendinger taking third, and uh, good to see him in the trucks as well. I think it was a late race substitution, if I'm not mistaken. And Zane Smith uh, coming in fourth, and then Sheldon Creed rounding out top five in stage two. Moving into stage three, again, it wasn't very exciting in my opinion, just a lot of uh, kind of single file, no, no real battles out there. And then they actually uh, got stopped for lightning not rain um they came to pit road as a red flag put the tarps on the trucks uh never rained at all but due to lightning with the stands and it kind of didn't really ever go away so they called it and at that moment austin hill was leading so he was your race winner and i think if they would have kept going he would have won the dang thing anyway but austin hill won john hunter nemechek took third sheldon creed third todd gillen fourth and a cool little uh sneak there uh parker kligerman 
uh, came in fifth. So like that guy, he's an analyst or excuse me, a reporter for NBC. So he gets in the trucks and Xfinity, I think, once in a while. So good to see him in there. And a little side note before I pass to uh, Jake. He, uh, I guess, um, someone on his team, I'm not sure if it was the owner or the crew chief, told him that if he finished in the top five at Watkins Glen, that all uh, race hoodies from their uh, team or sponsor, whatever it was, they would sell them for a dollar. Wow. wow. So <laughs> I want to check that out because, I mean, a dollar hoodie is a dollar hoodie. No matter. Heck, yeah. I, I mean, if it was Kyle Busch, I probably wouldn't still buy it. But, hey, a dollar hoodie is a dollar hoodie. <laughs> hey, you know, you still need a good working hoodie for the winter. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it gets burned up or greased on or whatever, <laughs> you know. You still need that good working hoodie. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, a rain or, I guess, a lightning-shortened truck series race. So I'll pass to Jake for the Xfinity race. All right. Thanks, man. So uh, we had the Xfinity race on Saturday, like you said, right after the truck series. So they waited a little bit to let that weather pass. Uh, we had the Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey 200, which, <laughs> side note, if you've ever had Screwball, that actually, oh, that stuff is delicious. It's so good. Is I wonder, it? Oh, you've never had it? No, because I just, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Pendleton Jack Daniels type of guy, and I just, peanut butter, I love peanut butter, but I maybe I'll have to try it. It's yeah. not what you think. Yeah, right. it, it's it, it's so good. Oh yeah! Next time you're over here and we're working on the car, we're getting All right. some. We're gonna try. Let's it. do it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, moving on here. So we had uh, qualifying. We had all going reverse order as well. We had Justin Haley, Harrison Burton, Daniel Hemrick, Austin Sindrick, and your pole sitter Justin Algar to start the race. I uh, didn't get to watch too much of this. Uh, I usually sometimes get my. Uh, recaps on facebook and the fact that there was a lack of recaps on facebook just tells me that there wasn't a whole lot of uh beat and banging or any sort of things in the race that uh was facebook post worthy but that's also a good thing because it probably means that people were racing clean and didn't tear up any cars or anything like that but uh your stage one and reverse order here was jeb burton uh harrison burton daniel hemrick aj allmendinger and austin sendrick then moving on to stage two, uh, Austin or AJ Almondiger moving up here. So uh, we had Noah Gregson finish fifth, Justin Algar fourth, Austin Sindrick third, Ty Gibbs second, and AJ Almondiger took your stage two. Uh, just pulled up NASCAR here just to kind of get a little recap of the last couple of laps here. Uh, looks like Ty Gibbs was in second with about two laps to go following AJ Almondinger. Ty Gibbs ended up passing AJ Allmendinger, which he he's always had an up and down career. But one thing's for sure is you put AJ on a road course, he's always a mm -hmm. force to be reckoned with. And, you know, it seems he does always top fives in any road course he goes to. Uh, so Ty Gibbs was your winner. He actually, I mean, once he got the lead, it looks like he took off there the last two laps because he ended up winning by uh, almost a full second uh from aj almondinger so yeah ty gibbs aj almondinger second austin Sindrick third justin augar fourth and harrison burton rounded up your uh top five for the xfinity series so i think i saw a stat there for ty gibbs what does he started 10 xfinity races and he's won five of them yeah, yeah. i was actually I mean, just looking at that myself he won <laughs> daytona and uh the charlotte roval so i mean that's no slouch right there. Kids right? on a roll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you put him in some good equipment that his dad, you know, grandpa has. And hey, yeah, he's making and I, I remember when they said uh, Joey Logano was the next best thing since sliced breads. Well, uh, look out. Yeah, exactly. So well, didn't he participate in the ARCA series at Winchester? Yeah. So the same weekend the ARCA was here, the yeah. East series was at Winchester and he won it. I was yeah. going to say, didn't he win that? Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. 
And we were, I was watching videos of that Winchester because there's a GAM race later this year. And that track looks fun as hell. Excuse my yeah. French, but that track looks so fun. So, yeah. It's like a Darlington track. Yeah. Like, it's a lot like Darlington. If you guys haven't out there, haven't heard of or seen anything on Winchester Speedway, look it up. It looks awesome. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. fast and it's high banked. And, I mean, you're basically off the gas for about a point two seconds and right back in it. So, yeah, it's a good little track, but um, we're going to move along here, and I'll pass it along to George for the Cup Series recap. All right, cool. Well, thank you. Um, so to kind of lead us off here, we had the uh, Go Bowling at the Glen. Uh, that was your uh, Cup Series title for this weekend. Uh, one thing to note before, uh, before we get into the recap here, so this was the first time the Cup Series has been at the track in two years, and really? apparently it was sold out. So oh, that's yeah, because the COVID, yeah. Yeah, COVID, they didn't go there at all last year. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so the first time they've been there in two years, and it was sold out. So that's good to see. And what a, a lot track of to come back to right after the Olympic break. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've always liked Watkins Glen. Oh, I've yeah. always, of all road courses, I always thought that was one of the cooler ones. You know, it's not too, you know, it's not all windy, and the cars are always wind down. You know, they have some long straightaways, and you can get some action going on in any given part of the track. So, and it also um, doesn't take seven minutes for one lap. That's what no, like. yeah. no, yeah. It, it it goes by pretty quickly. So and and this, I think that kind of track really truly breathes out a really good driver because mm -hmm. it's not it, it's not so windy and stuff. And you can't uh, you can't you have enough to be able to be talented where you got to hit your marks and stuff. But a, a mediocre guy can make up for that at that track. It seems like if they got good equipment. Right. So. Hey, so, yeah. Marcos Ambrose's only two wins was at the Glen. So yeah, I know there you and go. that one, that one a couple years ago where uh, Bad Brad wrecked Kyle Busch. Yes, on the, I thought it was like turn four. Yes, and then Marcus Ambrose came out and and took him on like the last two turns, took over Brad Keselowski. So that was one of the coolest races I I think I've ever seen. That was one of the mm -hmm. coolest last laps you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> ever seen. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, all right, getting into it here. So you had Cup Series. We had uh, a little bit of action here um, throughout the entire race. Uh, Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski were on the front row. Um, this was a 90-lap race. Uh, and no bad, bad Brad had a couple of issues uh, during the first parts of the race. I, I watched a little bit of this off and on when I was getting some work done. But I think he spun out twice. And, you know, he was leading it there for a little while. Three times, and actually. Three was it three? I'm three pretty times? sure it was three times. Yeah, yeah. he had brake, uh, brake. I think it was rear brake. So every time he touched him, they'd lock up. Lock up, yeah. So he ended up spinning himself out a couple times. So he, him, and Joey uh, were on your front row. Uh, first, a uh, first stage uh, breakdown here is fifth coming in. Fifth was William Byron. Uh, fourth was Tyler Reddick. Third was Denny Hamlin. Second was Kyle Larson, and then first was Joey Logano. I remember watching that first stage at least, and uh, Larson was right on his butt and just couldn't get around him, had enough momentum, and then he dove off into turn one, and, I mean, he just totally missed it, locked up his brakes, and then Joey Logano kind of got out in front of him a little bit and then took the win. So that was your first stage uh, winner right there was Joey Logano. Going into second stage, uh, you had fifth place was Kyle Larson. Uh, Fourth place, or sorry, excuse me. Fifth place was Chase Briscoe. Fourth place was Kyle Larson. Third place was a, a little bit of a surprise there. It was Kevin Harvick. He needs, I mean, he hadn't had any wins this year. And no. I mean, it's kind of surprising to me for how well that he's done over the course of the last few years that he just doesn't have a win at all. 
Mm-hmm. But I guess Father Times might be catching up with him a little bit. But then second place was Christopher Bell. And then first place was Martin Truex, who's usually always up front when he comes to these road courses. So uh, going into the final stage, about what left 56, that's when uh, Brad Keselowski locked up in the rear one. And then you had on lap 58, Larson and Truex hit pit lane for under green, co- uh, under green pit cycles. And then uh, lap 65, Larson cycles back to the lead. And Truex trails by a second. And then, boom, you had Chase Elliott, who started in the rear because he had some, he failed tech, what, twice. So it was a little bit of surprise that that kind of happened. But then he made his way back up and uh, put on a little bit of a show. And then five to go, Kyle Larson was ahead by like five seconds. So he pretty much just whooped him at that point. So your top five was Denny Hamlin. Then coming in fourth was Kyle Busch. Third was Martin Truex Jr., Chase Elliott took second. There you go, Brandon. And then coming in first was Kyle Larson. I believe that was his, what is it, sixth? Fifth, fifth or sixth. Yeah. Fifth or sixth win of the, re- of the year so far. Yeah. And, I mean, what a, what a good job by uh, the Hendrick Motorsports crew. I mean, William Byron came in sixth. Yeah. And, and I mean, the only outlier was uh, Alex Bowman who finished 20th. But basically three of the top – 10 cars i mean finishing one two two i mean good job by them so i mean yeah. they're forced to be reckoned with this year i don't i don't know i think i think kyle larson's gonna take the championship this year to be honest with you i, I mean I just... if it keeps going that way yeah i and i mean i'm gonna uh, if i can here so I, obviously the odds on favorite was chase coming into this weekend with the road course obviously he's been oh, yeah. there twice or whatever already so um and he's going for eighth um, on road course wins, which will break Tony Stewart and Jeff Gordon's record, which is incredible. But uh, yeah, I heard the news. It came on my phone that he failed tech twice. And I was like, uh, okay. And then they ejected Alan Gustafson, his crew chief, whatever. And I'm like, okay, like he won Phoenix the same way last year. He can do it. And then like he flat spotted the tires midway through the race. I'm like, there's no way he can pass, you know, 35 more cars. He was up to like 20th within like 10 laps, but yeah, made a mistake, whatever. So then he's coming at the end and I'm like, damn it, he's going to do it. And okay. he got to within, uh, I think Larson beat him by two seconds at the yeah. end and he was coming. So it, it just sucked. But I mean, he passed what, 39 other cars. I'm like, Jesus, dude. Yeah. I mean, for him to come from the rear and that's, and that's no easy task coming from no. on a road course. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's moving. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. there's your recap for the, uh, for the cup series. you have freight you need moved? Do you own a trucking company and want to join a premier partner? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then go check out our friends at Headwall Logistics. Headwall Logistics offers contract freight, flatbed and hotshot trucking, expedited services, and so much more. Dave and Steve Peak are your guys in the logistics business and will take care of you by treating you like family, not just a customer. Contact them today by calling 719 789 1379. Again, that's 719 789 1379. And tell them the Scrub and Tires podcast sent you. So, we got a little bit of a, a little bit of a segue here into uh, some co- a, a topic that's come up uh, recently. And uh, what we're going to talk about now is NASCAR potentially moving the numbers on the cars forward on the body for the 2022 season. And I'll go ahead and lead us off here. And just give my thoughts, and then I'll I'll ask your guys' opinions. But in all honestly, I'm okay with this idea. Uh, we knew something like this was kind of going to come, you know, since they played around with the idea in the All Star Race uh, last year, 
you know, I'm just glad they didn't put those stupid neon lights under the damn things. Though <laughs> that was so that was so ridiculous. It was like, what are we in like Tokyo Drift here? Like, come on. So, hey, I like to chase one that night. So that's what yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> brought him good luck. The one at a time. Yeah. Uh, so, but Dale Jr. kind of touched on this on his podcast a little while back, and he was talking about how the number is synonymous to the car because you know nowadays you don't have drivers and teams that have just one go-to sponsor you know so you have the same color scheme going throughout the entire year pretty much you know you you know that black number three good wrench car you know mm -hmm. th that's one thing you wouldn't you wouldn't even have to put a number on the side of that car because it was synonymous to the man to the number to the brand right right versus now you have so many different you have so many different companies and sponsors and everything else being on these cars because they're you know they're selling them off in 10 race chunks pretty much it seems like here here on out that you know the number becomes synonymous my thought is as long as it stays on the door i'm okay with it when they moved it back to the rear and they opened it up to have just all this big old branding on the door like i didn't like the look i thought it was kind of stupid i i just didn't i would i didn't care for it at all but if they keep it on the door, I think that's okay because they can still play around with it a little bit. And if it's moved forward, it's going to look kind of dumb, to be honest with you, because the, if you look at the new car, the biggest part on it, the rear quarter panel is like nothing. So mm -hmm. you really can't put a whole lot of branding there. So, and then the, you know, just above the, the wheel well, there's not a whole lot between the top of the wheel well and then where the fender breaks over to the top of the deck, right? So you know you don't really have a whole lot of space there. So I understand why they did the move because they want to give teams a chance to make money and give their sponsors a really good look. But in a sense, you know, now the now the number location has to kind of suffer for it. So, you know, I can see I can see why they did it. I'm okay with it. But as long as it stayed on the door, I, I I'm I'm all right with it. But I don't know. It'll take a little bit of, of an adjustment, I think, to get used to it being forward and whatnot. We'll see how it looks, and who knows? Maybe they'll be like, you know, yeah, this is kind of dumb. We're just going to move it back. But another thing is, you know, you, all the the branding that goes on the front of the cars too. You know, you got those little small stickers like, you know, Goodyear, yeah, contingency sponsors and whatnot. What are you going to do with those? So yeah. now they're kind of kind of the way that this new car looks. It's kind of taken away from all the other opportunities for sponsors to be on the car. So. I don't know. It'll be interesting for sure. That's that's my thought on it. But uh, Brandon, what do you think? Yeah. So the more and more I sat and pondered on this one, I I don't know. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. And I'll, I'll I got a couple key bullet points here. But and I listened to that Dell Junior download as well. That he 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 gave his opinions on it too. And uh, first off, when you move the number forwards or backwards you're getting away from the roots of NASCAR. Let's be honest. I don't think anyone can argue that point. That's kind of what it's always been, um, it, you know, back in the day in the 40s, 50s, 60s, until they started to get vinyl lettering and whatnot for the numbers. It was hand-painted or whatever, but it was always in the center of the door. And so that's just kind of what we've become accustomed to in NASCAR. So let's not get away from the roots. And then another bullet point here, this is not the world of outlaws or the Lucas Oil Dirt Light Late Model Series. Those guys, you're accustomed to see that their numbers are either forward, backwards, whatever. They got big ass sponsors on the side of the car, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because yeah. it's that series, right? So it's just not a NASCAR thing to me. It's always in the center of the door, and like you said, you could rip the number off of the cars from the '70s all the way through the early 2000s, and you, me, and Jake. 
and every other diehard NASCAR fan could tell you who that driver was. I mean, hell, who he's, where he's from, his sponsor, all that good stuff. But you could tell just by the paint scheme. So because they didn't have 27 different pri primary sponsors and 10 different paint schemes throughout the year, like you said. So now we have no brand identity because of the paint schemes and the, the different um, sponsors throughout the year. So now if you start moving the number around, then it's going to be even harder to identify these cars and these drivers. And in my opinion, if you start moving the numbers forward or backwards, depending on if you have a single digit or a double digit, you're going to have to shrink the number sizes too. I mean, in some cases, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like or whatever, but I just, I don't know. And well, it definitely won't be as prominent. That's for sure. Yeah, they exactly. move it forward because yeah, they're going to have to give room for sponsorship. Exactly. I mean, it'll probably be about the same size as what they had on the rear fender from last year. The all-star race is what mm -hmm. my guess would be because they're not going to be able to take up, you know, like chase Elliott's number. I mean, it takes up damn near that whole yeah, it's door. Huge. It's huge. So, I mean, they're going to have to like, I'm not going to say skew it, but they're going to have to definitely shrink it down, I believe, because they're not going to leave it at that same size, moving it just forward, because it's yeah. still going to be halfway through halfway yeah. through the middle of the door. So Yeah, it's just going to look like someone was drunk when they put it on. Like, that's <laughs> not centered. That looks but, good. <laughs> but yeah, I and like I said, my last point is exactly what you said about the, the sponsor. Good for them. It brings in more sponsorship opportunities for the teams and the sport with having more canvas, so to speak, to put – xyz company on the car and big and sparkly and whatever but that's the only reason but i think we're getting away from nascar if we're going to start doing this and we're going to look like some other form of racing which is not the goal here so yeah. that's my, my my two cents on it i i don't think it's a good idea but again i'm i don't have the say so to change it so i will pass to jake for your thoughts yeah i mean a lot of what you both said uh kind of similar thoughts on it um biggest thing is just you know, any sort of change that NASCAR does to these cars, the paint schemes, you know, moving the number forward back, it's going to take some getting used to. And it's going to take a while for, you know, people like us that are diehard NASCAR people that love watching these things and, and tune in or try to tune in at least every week and, and watch these cars and all the merchandise you, you buy and all the money you spend. It's, you know, something now that you got to change your own thoughts and your own visions on it and whatnot. And, you know, it's, whether it's a good idea, a bad idea, you know, like you guys have already alluded to with uh, sponsorships, you know, nowadays you don't have good wrench sponsor new 36 races out of the year where that car, that number, you know, the paint scheme, you know, maybe they might change up a little bit here and there for like a special race, you know, like, you know, when they go to, when they used to go to Daytona during all-star weekend of the uh, baseball and people would have special paint schemes for that, but it was still a Budweiser car like Dale Jr. When he used to do mm -hmm. the all-star game paint scheme, it was still a Budweiser car. So it was just a little bit different of a paint scheme, but nowadays kind of like how furniture row racing kind of disbanded is not only did they not have enough money to field the team, but they couldn't find sponsorships because they couldn't find anybody that would uh, a be on the car for the whole year and then be you know your secondary sponsors that would sponsor maybe four or five six races two three here and there and that's the thing that with nascar nowadays is you don't see napa you know and those guys ally and stuff like that they sponsor majority of the races but then you see all these other secondary sponsors that run 10 races a year because you know, Napa didn't want to put in the amount of money to be on the car for however many races it is a year, 36 or whatever it is. Kind of coming down to, like you said, you know, when you have all these sponsors, you want to maximize the amount of areas that they can put their sponsor on the car. And, you know, I guess moving it forward gives them more surface area to 
put their logos on and, you know, do some different paint schemes. You know, my thoughts just closing on it. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can say I like it or dislike it, but I am weary of it just because I'm like you guys already said, it's we're old fashioned. We like the way they were making any sort of changes like that. It's just going to look goofy. But, you know, we might get used to it after a while. But I don't know. I'm kind of more on the if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, you know, maybe just leave it and try, you know, other things like George said, make a requirement that the number has to be a certain size, like a maximum size. And then you can kind of maximize your surface areas there. But it is what it is. It'll get it'll take some getting used to. But um, I don't know. Keep it the way it is. That's that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah. And and being that, you know, I'm a designer and I've designed your race car and multiple of the ones across iRacing and stuff like that. It, it'll it'd be nice to have, from a designer's aspect and from a brand's aspect, to, to have a little bit more room to be able to do some really cool designs going from the side of the door into the rear, you know, into the quarter panel and everything. But, you know, there's still only so much you can do because you got the freaking tire right there. Yeah. yeah. I, and so I don't understand what's the huge difference that, if moving it for it really doesn't give you that much more landscape as a designer to do something with it you might be able to take uh let's just let's just for instance taste skittles kyle bush's car how the hell are you going to put the brand name it's a horizontal logo how the <laughs> hell are you going to put what are you going to turn it sideways yeah, you know what yeah. i mean like what what are you going to do with that a lot of rotation yeah, a lot of, I don't know, you're going to have to be super creative to be able to figure some way out to make your brand identified on the side of the car. They're still going to put it above the wheel well, I guarantee is what they're going to end up doing. It's just going to be a little bit smaller. And then they're just going to have these giant Skittles on the <laughs> side to show their, to show, make that brand identity come through a little bit is all they're really going to do. So it, it, it's kind of, again, I, I see what they're doing, but I, I think it's still just the wrong approach because it's not really, you're not really gaining anything well, from it. To your point too there, George, cars like DEI when they were still around, the, the most synonymous thing about those cars, whether whatever number it was, whatever car uh, sponsor it was, it was that big E stripe all right. the way from the front, all the way to the back. You know, if, if that was still around, that would kind of look goofy to me that you move now the number <laughs> in front of it. And then all of a sudden you have this big long E thing yeah. going all the way. To, I don't know. That, that would just look goofy well, to me. You look at the Penske cars. Same thing. Jo though. Joey yeah. Logano and and Brad Keselowski right now they run the same like overall scheme just different color. And yeah. Ryan Blaney, yeah. Yeah, Ryan Blaney, he does too. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do. It's like I I mean I never really liked the look of the Penske cars. I thought they were so stupid looking with those like tiger stripes going down the side. It's like Ugh. yeah, never really were cool. I that's those were yeah bad. those those were cool. Those were those were a little bit more modernized. I would say. Those look like a 10th grader decided to sit down on Photoshop for the first time. It's like, I'm just going to take the pen tool and make this. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but anyways, yeah, good thoughts there, fellas. I, I think it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens coming up next year with it. You know, I'm sure they're going to get some flack for it, um, maybe from the driver's aspect, the owner's aspect, and from the fans, and then maybe they'll change it. I don't know. I guess it's just a wait and see to see what happens, see what they actually look like once it's actually all said and done. Yeah, exactly. All right, boys. Well, that was a good segment there. So uh, moving on to our next little segment here, we had the CNS, we had the CNS recap, excuse me. Uh, so this last Saturday, August 7th, we had the KB... KBPI rocks the Rockies, Pro Trucks, Red Legends, Bandoleros, Democross, and the Circle Drags. So I'll go ahead and start us off here with the recap uh, with the Pro Trucks. 
Uh, looks like they had a pretty good little showing this weekend with the uh, amount of trucks. Uh, I don't know what they've been averaging lately, but uh, they had, it looks like, 15 or 16 trucks out this weekend. So that's always good to see. Uh, so we'll go ahead and start off with the quick time. So I'll start off with our top five. We had the, uh, in fifth, the 08 Crystal Falkingham. And then the fourth, 22 Brian Yaki. Third, 71, Tim Duvall. Second, the number nine, Curtis Heldenbrand. And your quick time winner with a 17.051 was Adam Danes. Dines, Danes. Is that what I said? Dines. Dines. I, I think it's Dines. Uh, again, if I messed up your name, please message <laughs> us on Facebook and let me know how or see us this weekend and tell me that I'm an idiot and uh, this is how you pronounce your name. Yeah, this is harder than it looks, people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so we'll move on to the Heat One Dash. It looks like we had the top five starting from fifth down to one. We had the number 50, Tyler Wiggins. Uh, number four, or in fourth, 71, Tim Duvall. Uh, third, 29, Dalton Webb. The second was 85, Jeffrey Walbaum. And your dash winner was the number nine, Curtis Heldenbrand. And then your fast dash was from fifth down to first, uh, number seven, Adam Dines. Uh, the 43, Cody Vanderwall in fourth. Uh, the third was the 3C, Cassidy Hines. Uh, second, number 16, Travis Rowe. And your Fast Dash winner was the 22 of Brian Yaki. And then your feature main event, which I was kind of reading up here on the recap from the Colorado National Speedway's uh, CNS staff, which thank you guys for getting that in yes. out there today so we could get a little bit of a recap. It sounds like it was another nail-biter race, close racing. Uh, only had two cautions, it looks like. But uh, it was just action all over the... Uh, the track it looks like they did have a caution come out on lap three uh doesn't say exactly what happened but uh nonetheless uh starting off the race with a caution and then kind of after that it spread out a little bit and um had some good racing all around it looks like the uh 22 of brian yaki was out in the lead for a little bit and then with about a couple to go uh there was another caution with about nine laps to go it looks like and munched up the field so on the restart, Ranyaki was on the inside. The number seven, Adam Danes was, Danes was on the outside. And it was pretty much just a neck-and-neck neck race from there. And your feature winner was the number seven, Adam Dines. And a close second was uh, Brian Yaki. Looks like the seven car took a little bit of the 43 cars playbook from a couple weeks ago, ran around on the outside, and got a little bit of momentum coming off the high side and passed Brian Yaki at the checkered flag so the first feature win of the year for uh the seven car but your top five was uh zach morris in the 89 car curtis heldenbrand in fourth cody vanderwall in third and brian yaki second and yeah of course your feature winner number set of adam dines so that was your pro truck recap so i'm going to pass along to george here for your legends recap all righty so uh, went on to uh, race monitor here and tried to get the uh, lineup for the qualifying, and it was just weird because they had the they had the times kind of all over the place. So the actual guy who qualified first was down. It said he scored in like twenty second place or something like that. That was really weird. Yeah, so wasn't going to go through the top five for the qualifying, but your um, your qualifying winner for the legends this race was uh, Ryan Jones with an eighteen four zero three. So that was that's a pretty good little lap for that guy. They did indeed have 28 Legends cars out there this weekend. Oof. So, I mean, with that big money race coming up, 
good mm-hmm. to see that they got a ton of cars at least out there so here we go for your um your dash you had the top five it was uh, number 51 car of casey wiggins the rookie coming in fourth was a 45 cole tuttle third was the 89 of zach morris another rookie uh second was the 14 of jake and natal jacob natal uh, nuttle <laughs> I, I i know i again one of those up. names you come up to us at the race this weekend you let us know how to yeah. pronounce it uh he's another rookie and then coming in first for your dash was the number 75 of austin hackenberg and then moving along to your fast dash top five was number 21 car of ryan jones uh number 30 car of darrell stewart then you had uh the number 50 car coming in third of tyler wiggins Second was the 22 of Chris Eggleston. And coming in first was the number 66, Mr. Kyle Clegg. Then got off to your uh, Legends feature. And it says here in the in the race recap that uh, you had Ryan Jones and Chris Eggleston were, or sorry, um, for your regular, it was Casey Wiggins and uh, Cole Tuttle were leading the feature to, uh, to the green flag. Then your top five finishers was number 32 car of Cody Milan. Uh, fourth was the 51 of Casey Wiggins. Good to see him up in the top five. Then you had the coming in third was the 14 of Jacob, Jacob Natal. <laughs> He's a rookie. Uh, second was the 45 of Cole Tuttle. And then your feature winner was the 89 Zach Morris coming in the Mr. Rookie right there. And he's Woo-hoo. running. Got to love both, those 89s. Yeah. He, and he did a double duty, I believe, because uh, he's got a truck running yep. out there, I think, yep. too. He did race so, in the truck race. Yeah. Good job by him. Good job, man. And uh, the 32, Cody Mylan. Mylan. There you That's go. That's Mylan. Okay. <laughs> so your fast at, or your uh, fast legends feature. Uh, coming in fifth was the 50 of Tyler Wiggins. And then fourth was uh, 21 of Ryan Jones. Third was 30 of Mr. Darrell Stewart. Second was Kyle Clegg. And coming in first was Mr. 22 of Chris Eggleston. So good job, Chris. Uh, good to see Kyle up there again. He won the last legends race and then comes up and finishes the second on this one. Another note here coming in six was Scotty Scott. So it's good to see him uh, yeah. run in the top 10 too. Uh, looking forward to seeing that guy again um, this upcoming weekend in the, in the games. So there you go. So there is your uh, race recap for the legends cars. All right. I will take it away now for the recap of the bandos and the demo cross kind of a special series uh, running out there again. So uh, the Bandoleros, it uh, seems like there is uh, quite a few of them out there. Um, not sure how many uh, total car count because they, they don't have them on race monitor. But uh, we had a little good little battle from CNS's website, it says. So you're uh, obviously they don't qualify, but the Dash Outlaw. So I believe the two different age groups, there was enough of them out there to separate those. So the Dash uh, in the Outlaw series, which I believe is the older of the two was the number 52 of Nick Wall, took home the checkered in that one. And then in your Dash Bandits, which are the uh, younger ones, if I'm not mistaken, was the number 68 of Wyatt Dent, took home the checkers in that feature, or excuse me, Dash for them. And then in the Outlaw feature, the number 98 of Sammy Hagen, and it might be Hagen. So again, one another one of those names, I apologize, but uh, that was his first uh, feature win in 2021, so uh, good job there. And the Bandit feature, the number 33 of Dylan Kellogg, and I remember I've said his name before, so uh, I think he uh, won another one. I think that's his second, maybe maybe even more for the year. So always cool to see those little bandos out there. They really uh, get after it, which is cool to see. So 
Um, and uh, shout out Joe Star. Those are some cool pictures there on the site. And every class, obviously, every week you do a great job. So yeah, that, and to, and to kind of note off that too for anybody from the older days, that's Bo Kellogg's son. Yep. Oh, yeah. Is it his son? Is his son or is it grandson? I I think it's a son. Uh, I don't know. His dad, Bo, is about the same age as dad because dad raced against him back in the day. So um, I'm not you sure. Never we'll, know. We'll, 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 <laughs> probably, we'll have to find out. Yeah, we'll have to find we'll out. Find out. We'll Either way, out. it's kin to him. So Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then uh, the demo cross, obviously, it's just kind of a winner-take-all type of race. You had the light division and the heavy division. So the cars and then the trucks. So looks like in CNS's notes, no surprise, the red flag came out after uh, getting in one lap into this thing. So uh, we had a couple of rollovers and cars stuck on top of each other and the whole nine yards, which kind of you expect did, for did this type of thing. Did you see Joe Starr's picture of uh, that 59 car? <laughs> yeah, I did. And like I said, again, incredible work by Joe Starr because he's down there in that stuff. So yep. yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. He's crazy. I, uh, yeah, that's, that's wild. But um that's kind of the stuff you expect from this demo cross type thing. Uh, definitely don't want to see that on any other series, but, right. uh, but yeah, so uh, good battles there and crashing and wrecking everywhere. But the number 48 of Joe Prante uh, was your winner in the light division. So good job there uh, getting home in uh, one piece or I guess crumpled up if you will, but the tires are still on it and he took home the win. So the heavy uh, division 10 truck started. It was a 12 lap feature for them. Looks like not as crazy as the cars i guess um but no flips or nothing like that just actually it looks like from the notes there on cns's website that it was good battle obviously we weren't there to see it but uh, a lot of beating and banging but clean racing for the most part other than the cars but the number 31 of dave johnson was your heavy division demo x winner from the weekend so i, I want to see one of those races i've never yeah, seen a demo x i think it'd be pretty cool to watch it's kind of like similar to like the train, just like the grand finale. Yeah, <laughs> I think one of our last couple of GAM races here, I think uh, actually my birthday race, the last race of the year, September 25th, Demo X uh, races. So they'll finish the night for us. Oh, hell yeah. That'll be sweet. Yeah. All right. So something to look forward to, at least for yeah. us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right on. Well, good work there. Um, good work by all the competitors there. Good job, fellas and ladies, uh, for a good, clean weekend. Uh, looking forward to uh, the next time you guys are out there. So I'll go ahead and jump into the look ahead for next week at Colorado National Speedway. So August 14th, we have the Mountain States Fire Protection Challenge Cup. Uh, I don't even know what number. XLVI. What, yeah, what is not, that? I'm not good at Roman numerals. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's go with 42. Uh, like Super Bowl. I, yeah, uh, I, I think that's 46. I don't know. I can't. I, is I, it? Oh, you're close. I think the yeah. V after the I, before the I is six. I know. Carry the two and yeah. You know. Yeah, I know the I before the V and the V before the I is like four. So uh, yeah. Side note: Scrub and Tires podcast is not good at Roman numerals. <laughs> you know, thing. I'm not good at math in general. <laughs> I think exactly. I flunked that twice in third grade so there hey you well you passed uh, yeah. it in college because of me so you're welcome there you go that's another story all right so we got the challenge cup coming up this weekend you got saturday august 14th you got the super lotto super late models running out there it's the 150 five thousand dollars to win second place gets 2500 bucks third gets two grand and at the halfway point they're going to announce uh for the winner that is at the halfway point they get uh a thousand dollars thanks to coca-cola and that's there's awesome. no driver entry fees for those yeah. boys oh, yeah. this weekend and fireworks so, 
and fireworks. So yeah, it's yeah. gonna be, it's gonna be a hell of a weekend. We got the Gams running as well, and the Super Stocks. I'm looking forward to running, seeing the Super Stocks run. I haven't seen them run in a long time. And then we got the crazy figure eights. So looking ahead, it's gonna be an exciting weekend. I I, I hope to God that they have 30 to 40 freaking cars out there for that i i'm praying because that yeah. would just be one hell of a show i hope we have a b main yeah that that would be awesome that would be awesome for sure like and i that. know i know cns not to cut you off there i know cns and all the drivers is in that series or not i mean hell i've been sharing it i mean get those people out there from kansas nebraska yep. wherever get them out there you got five grand to win i mean that'll pay for your fuel to get there no entry fees like you said so i mean really you're out you you have nothing to lose yeah buy a set of tires and that's it yeah exactly exactly. hey brett yaki i know uh if you're listening uh all those guys you race against at tucson speedway get them guys up here they yeah yeah, let's let's like george said let's get let's get a b main out there i haven't seen a b main since we were kids so yeah i know i know he's down there every weekend i'm sure he's probably advocating a little bit so (laughs) i hope so I hope so too. Cause yeah, it would be awesome to see, you know, that full field coming up for this weekend. So yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about it. I'm definitely looking forward to it. So yeah. And, uh, Jake's racing again. So, uh, looking, looking forward to that. Uh, unfortunately I will not be able to help y'all out this weekend as I had prior obligations, but, um, uh, again, I'll, just be, I'll be checking them. in. <clears throat> I'm <Yeah>. sick. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. I don't feel good. Yeah. Well, I don't feel good enough, but I feel good enough to go to the race yeah, for, exactly. for 10 hours. That's, that's your medicine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I guess it I kind should, of is. I guess I do have to ask. Yeah, you just kind of alluded to it. How are you going to be having your phone out on the dance floor? Or are you oh, gonna... 100%. That thing is going to be, I'm going to be texting George like crazy and asking everything. So, and, that's and awesome. like you said, your mom does a good job of updating the, the Smith family racing. So I'll be, I'll be tuning in and uh, asking how things are going. Oh, good, good. Well, I hope you have fun either way this weekend. Yeah, I uh, I definitely will. It's going to be a good time, but um, it just sucks because like you just said, I didn't know that t- the 25th, your birthday weekend, was the last time we get to go out. So yeah. I know. We only got three game races included this weekend, so it's it came, it took forever to get here, and now all of a sudden it's like, shoot, we got three races left? Damn. Unless, you know, they uh, <clears throat> cough, cough, uh, get some reschedule races for you that we got yeah. rained out two of them. Brian, Jim, <clears throat> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> So yeah, we're uh, gonna be exciting weekend here, and uh, we're uh, super excited for that. But also super excited to announce our next segment, which is gonna be our special guest. So as advertised here on the Scrubbing Tires podcast, we are joined by another special guest. We've been waiting a long time for this one, and it's finally happened. Um, super excited to announce Mr. Kyle Morse, driver of the number ninety-four late model at CNS. Again, uh, been around him, I racer great guy and we're thrilled to have him and so without further ado uh we'll let him have the floor for uh introduction here kyle what's up buddy how you guys doing um i'm not very good at this kind of stuff but i definitely want to get my sponsor some maritime before we get going so uh first off got to give peak appliance my uncle brian morse a huge shout out he's been with us for uh i want to say six seven seasons now sponsoring the car oh wow nice, nice. so he's been a long time sponsor you know always there with you know two three hundred bucks typically takes care of the tires every season for us so our tire bill is usually taken care of um and then we have a new sponsor this year would be the barb slinker team and your home soul guaranteed realty down here in colorado springs she uh she's done a lot for us in a short amount of time so definitely a huge shout out to them and if you're south of uh castle rock looking to sell or buy a house definitely look them up give her a call tell them i sent you heck yeah 
All right, brother. Well, uh, appreciate that. And I uh, know your sponsors will as well. So we're just going to dive into it and talk some racing with you and get into some questions. So yeah, you up for it? Oh, yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. Absolutely. <laughs> like I said, we're, we're th thrilled to have you and we thank you for coming on and uh, spending some time with us. So uh, we'll go ahead and get into it. I have a couple questions as well as uh, Jake and Jordan. So uh, first one I got for you. Um, just to get to know you a little better, where did you start racing? How did you get into racing? All those kind of things. To be honest, I can't remember a time when I didn't want to be in a race car. So I, I was jokingly, I was two years old at the doctor's office and I had all the NASCAR cars laid out in the order they qualified. I don't remember what race it was. <laughs> I literally would do that in the doctor's office. That's, it's all I've ever, you know, that's all I've ever done. That was the best. Um, awesome. So getting into where i came into racing i've always wanted to race somewhere around 96 or 97 my brother and dad kind of started tinkering around with it and then i started in 2003 in mini stocks and stayed in the mini stock for seven years till i won a track championship in the mini stocks in 2009 and you know then i went to the mod you know went to the modifieds and i've driven a little bit of everything so i went to the modifieds and then you know spent five years in the modifieds and now here we are in the late model very nice yeah awesome so. so it sounds like the rest of us just had a passion for it th your whole life. Uh, yeah, I can't remember not having a passion for much else. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially when you're out there, you know, just like me and, me and Jake, actually, back when we used to watch our dad, you know, every single week, you know, you go down to the, the little stand by like Joe Star used to be under the grandstands there, yep. and you pick up the little micro machine cars and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, yeah. So we'd be up there in the stands. The other races were going on. We didn't really care about any of the other races. The only one that was dad's was going. So we'd be sitting there. We'd be flipping them off the top of the stands, wrecking them, you know, just like, oh, yeah, here we go. This is yep. Rick Corelli taking the lead, you know. <laughs> might be, you know, when I think me and my cousin, when we were kids, we always wanted to go to the race with my dad. But back then, you had to be 14 or older to get in the pits. And uh, yeah. right. at the yeah. time, we were 10 or 11 down at Beacon Hill, I-25. Um you know, so my dad would go to the track at two o'clock. Well, the main grandstand didn't open, so he'd drop us off with bottles of water, enough money to get into the track and get in the, <laughs> get in the grandstand. And my friends, his friend's wife, would actually babysit us once they let us in the track. So nice. he would drop off these kids. We'd you know be there from one in the afternoon till three in the morning sometimes because yeah. they'd have so many cars. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we'd walk and wander our way back to dad's truck and go home every night. I mean, it's, that's how I grew up in racing. That's what I remember. And, you know, and then somewhere around 14 and a half, 15, I finally got to drive. So that's heck yeah. Well, that's kind of, that's like, well, when we were uh, younger too, he used to, he delved into driving out at Rocky mountain for a couple of years. Yep. And we should have told this story last week, but we totally forgot to mention it. But same thing. They wouldn't let you in the pits and we didn't have anybody to watch us. So what they used to do is we had this in 1974 Winnebago <laughs> and they would hide us in the, uh, the shower of the anywhere bathroom. we could fit is where yeah, we, would hide. Anyway, we were in cabinets. I mean, we were hiding all over that motorhome. All they, of actually kids. Checked. they actually went into your motorhome if you had one and they checked. Mm, they still no do kids. that in Pueblo. Do they? Do really? they really? Yeah, wow. They will open the door of your trailer and your motorhome, make sure you ain't hiding people. I mean, they'll let kids in. But <laughs> if you're yeah. trying to hide someone, they'll they'll look. Oh wow! They well, never think... found us. Never found us. Oh, they place every week. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Dale Jr. has a story similar to that when him and uh, Carrie were racing their uh, super stock or pure stock, whatever it was, and they it was worse than that. They stuffed. Uh, junior in the uh, toolbox on the trailer <laughs> <laughs> to get him into concord speedway because they just didn't want to pay that extra entry fee. That's yeah funny. that place was cool i got to go there once concord is uh definitely a neat racetrack in real life it's too bad it's all gone and over with 
Yeah, exactly. I was actually just racing there on iRacing, so. Yep. <laughs> it's right. hard. That's a oh, hard yeah. track. That that's little dog track. leg thing. Yeah. That's my favorite track in Legend Cars. Oh, really? Well, oh, yeah. I love it. Hit cars. you up about a s setup then. Because <laughs> <laughs> mine goes away after about 15 laps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's That's a tough place to you kill the right front pretty quick, or especially going down the dog leg. It never gets to lose any yep. tire tip. So, you no. Just kill it. Exactly. God, no. All right, man. Well, um, I will get the second question off my list here then. So, uh, with buying the Legend car from you and seeing all the decals on your car, the K&K &K Racing. Um, what does that what does that stand for for one and what does the uh, future hold for you and your race team so k and k, &K stands for uh, katie and kyle um, back when we switched from morse racing to uh, k and k racing it was because my stepdaughter got into the bandos and since then i the way i look at it she's 50 percent of everything i do in racing because she's there almost every week she's always a part of it um we kind of picked up a new car for me for next year and i kind of Kind of have this old car that I'm driving right now that's going to be available. So you'll probably see her in that next year. Oh, right nice. now it's just late models. Um, you know, I if they there's talks and and things about the modifieds moving some rules around and making things a little bit easier in the modified. So if that does happen, I'll be, you know, if they make it a little more affordable and a little more a little easier for guys to get back to me in the modifieds, yep. we'll start looking that direction. But for us right now, it's it's late models and then kind of looking three four years down the future, we'll see what happens. Hey, I like right. those words. Uh, enhancing <laughs> the modifieds make it a little cheaper because I know exactly yeah. how expensive that is right now. <laughs> yes, they are. They are. Uh, that's why we walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Pick the wrong series, bro. Yeah. Yeah, you just dove into the most expensive one. <laughs> hey, you no, know, you didn't. Not by yeah, far. I was just saying. Well, that one it was playing. You know, it's all because of Jacob. But well, no, this one is all because of Chuck. <laughs> yeah, that's very yeah. true. Right on, man. Well, I'll, I guess I have one more for you, and then I'll let Jordan go. Uh, so when, we all know that you're, a, excuse my French, a badass when it comes to iRacing. We were just talking about a little bit. But um, how much time per week, per month, or whatever do you actually get on the simulator, race, or build setups? Because your setups are, like I said in an earlier episode, I, I think I got one from you, one of the last races we raced in the season. And I think I was like a second faster a lap. So... <laughs> so you're going to hate me. I don't hardly ever practice. I hardly, I build setups during the regular practice setup session. Um, however, I do have like two legend car setups that are like the key setups that I go into every session. I start with that setup and we just, I tweak that setup the whole time. Nice. And typically that'll get me close to Jace and Daryl and all those guys. And it just between us, when, you know, me, Jace, Daryl, Mark Neff, all them guys, when it comes to legend car stuff, it's just who conserves better that race or who has, <laughs> Who has just the, I mean, the slightest adjustment better is the difference mm -hmm. between winning and being seven seconds back of the, the, the leader. Yeah. Well, that's usually me, the eight <laughs> seconds back. But Me too. <laughs> but like, you'd, you'd be amazed. Like, I, I don't spend a ton of time building, like, legend that's car crazy. setups. If we're, like, when we did, like, last season, you know, they did the virtual snowball derby with the fixed setup. I worked pretty hard getting into that. So, I probably mm -hmm. had 12, 10, 12 hours of practice just to. Oh, qualify and make that show because i mean you're racing against ryan coon and alex mccollum so mm, I right. mean, you're you're just you're skating to get in it, even at the level i run at which is oh it's not great i mean my cousin is actually a pro on iRacing. oh wow so nick if you've ever seen nick morris that's actually my cousin nick okay morris. so yeah huh. google search yep yeah. well, you'll see him <laughs> he's, he's been doing a long time um actually with the iRacing racing thing we started 
I started in NASCAR three because when I was a kid, you know, we didn't, you know, I didn't think I was going to be driving a car till I was 18, 19 years old. So mm-hmm. going into the sim racing, NASCAR three, NASCAR 2003, things like that. Yep. That was how I got into it. And I mean, I've been at the, the, I, the online racing thing so long. I was actually a beta tester at one point for I racing. Oh, wow. 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 So yeah. like 2007, I think I got the invite to do that. So I was, you know, nothing big. I didn't do much because, I didn't have the money to have all the equipment that we have now. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, I'm just a little late to the party then. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know what? It's in the last three years, it's gotten much better than it was when I started, you know, when I racing came about in 2008. So, and, it, and it's cool to see him starting to focus more on the short track thing. Cause there's so many people that want to run short track dirt or short track. Oh yeah. Right. Well, what was that a uh, track you just shared? Uh, Jordan, the tweet from Dale Earnhardt jr uh oh that was uh the slinger so that's right hickory yeah because they they put that he put that post about hickory which i'm super excited about that's gonna be really cool but i i had tweeted dale jr and he actually responded to me which i was kind of like damn (laughs) all right i'm i'm i finally made it dale jr (laughs) finally talked to me uh no but i just put up there i just said hey um can we get slinger next and he said that they're working on it so Oh, that's, uh, that's awesome. something to be looking forward to. I've been waiting for them to do that scan that track for forever. I mm-hmm. ever since my dad's been going there when we were younger and just watching it on TV, you know, they have the national uh super late model show there every year. Um yeah, I've been jazzed about trying to get get that one scanned and and be able to try it out cuz I I mean, I've only seen it up close and personal being behind the fence but never been on that track or anything like that. So Hell yeah. Well, real quick, actually, since we're talking about iRacing, I I just had a, this just popped to me. So how closely related is the real legend car and some of these, the late models and stuff that they have on the platform to the real thing now that you've driven kind of the multitude of different, you know, cars over your career? How, how close are, do they handle the same? Are they not even close? Like, what's your opinion on it? I, the biggest thing I can say is the tires are way off. Like, when you're driving a real race car, you can lay it on the right rear, you can burn the right front up, and you can you can do things and bring it back and still drive the car. And iRacing just has this point where it's like you go off a cliff. There's no correcting the car, and it's like <laughs> that's not how real life is. You can drive <laughs> way beyond that and still bring the damn car back. So gotcha. Okay. There's there's a lot of that. Um, you know, when you get into like the super late model, and I haven't driven super late models in a few years. I've, I've hot lapped around a couple of heats and one. I haven't done a ton in it, but like the super late model in real life is a to me was a point and go car, even in Pueblo and that little bull ring. It was, mm-hmm. you mash the gas, you stand on the brake, you turn left and you do it again. Cause it just, it pointed and went where you sent it. So to me, yeah, the super late models way off of what it is in real life. And I, I don't like oh, the wow. feel of the late model in the game. I think it's, but that's based on an East coast pro late model. Not like what we have here. So right. That could okay. be some of that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've never really even been behind a real race car before. So I, that's the only thing I have to go off of. I'll tell you and- what, to be honest, the two hardest cars I've ever driven is that Grand American Modified and that Legend car. And I'll tell you right now, Legend car is harder to drive than that Modified. I heard that from uh, Scotty Scott, too. He said, get ready because it's unlike anything else out here. Yes. He uh, he said, once you've felt it kind of already go around, it's too late. Yep. I'm like, yep. great. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely an angry, angry little beast. Great. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. It, oh, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. And like I, said, I, I didn't know anything about setting them up in real life. So I, I didn't, you know, I'm not the type to call everybody for help setting it up. So I asked a little bit of Daryl and then I just kind of tinkered with it. And then 
when Katie didn't like it, it was like, yeah, maybe it's maybe this isn't the thing for her. So that's why we made a quick switch and what we were doing. She's hot lap my late model and loves it. So that's where we're going to go. Well, Heck yeah. It, that's- it worked out for me too. So it's all yeah, good. Exactly. <laughs> the second time right. around. Yeah, exactly. I was one of them deals. I was like, damn it. All right. I got to do it. <laughs> all right, man. Well, that's all I have for you. So George, what, uh, you got any questions for Mr. Morse here? Yeah. Um, so, since you have driven a lot of the different series, which one, I think you kind of answered this question already, but which one has been your most favorite and to be a part of? Um, Modifieds, dirt, yeah. asphalt. They're just, I think they're one of the coolest cars ever made. It just sucks. Like if you go look at an A-Mod or, or Grand American, the price is ridiculous, but man, they're a blast. They're a handful and they're a blast. I love them. And how much of, how much dirt has you, have you actually run? Like is a, the A mods, like which which is the different versions have you run? So we actually converted our asphalt mod to run in Callahan a couple times, and one time I, I I won the mechanics race twice, and then I actually ran a night. I ended up running fourth out of nine cars with my asphalt car on dirt. So Damn. it's just one of those things, you know. It was it, we always we all so when we ran the modified, we always converted it over to go run the uh, fall brawl out Callahan, and that was our foray with dirt and. You know, a couple of years ago, we were thinking about building ones, and a couple of them in the situation just kind of burned out on us. So, yeah. Well, shoot, my dad, he used to, I don't know, sometime in the 90s, there was a year where uh, they did that, where one week you're on the asphalt, and then like another week, all of a sudden you got to switch everything over to, it's like to the dirt. old school NASCAR. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then well, a week later, so, they're on the asphalt. So, the IMCA did that. So, when I was a kid in Pueblo, it was the IMCA modifieds. Yeah, so, they were, those had to be the same cars you ran on dirt and asphalt. Yep. And then, you you know, we sat around and wondered why the car counts suck. Well, everywhere you go, you have to have a different car. Car, mm-hmm. right. So, you, you end up building an asphalt car, a dirt car, and you end up with two $90,000 cars when it's done. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you then you don't want to go tear the things up. We need, you know, we need to get back to some of that old school, get guys on both types of things one's not to me one's not better than the other it makes an all-around better driver to do both right yeah oh hell yeah no i agree i mean it's definitely gotten away from those kind of like grassroots because yeah the imca series that's that's the one that he used to run like the mid 90s and whatnot yep and it was always fun yeah because we one week we'd be at rocky mountain speedway and then the next week be at cns you know and you could use same car and then go out to Cedar Rapids and run there in the same car. So yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. That takes the takes the the cheapness out of it. Yeah, the the budget goes way hundred percent up. Yep. So um, cool. Right on. Well, thank you for that. Uh, second question I have here. So who has been your biggest influence for you as a driver? Is it somebody kind of taking you under their wing and giving you some advice on what to do and uh, sort of what not to do? So definitely when I was, when I was younger and, and really learning my way, I've, you know, I've always been a guy to do things myself. So school of hard knocks, I made some dumb decisions and dumb mistakes and had some awful race cars learning. And, uh, so, you know, one guy that really always took care of me and made sure things were right. was, uh, Rob Reeves back. He used to run a company called him and Wayne Netter used to run a company down here called reaction chassis. And they were huge to me when I was really getting fast with my mini stocks. Then when we switch over to the modified and I finally started getting fast with the modified and you know, those guys, I mean, they were, they were just a huge influence on me. And as we've gotten older and been at this a lot longer, um, definitely believe it or not, my shot guy out in North Carolina has been a huge influence on the way we do things after, especially the way we were running last year. Um, Brandon DePew out in North Carolina, dynamic shocks has been awesome. 
Um, and then the last really guy is giving me a ton of influence is actually Glenn Bowers. And I don't know if you've known of Glenn Bowers, but he's been around forever. He's raced everywhere. He's raced about damn everything. And just a handful, hilarious old guy to be around. But he's he's definitely the one that probably has most influence on me right now. Well, if he's ever out at the track, you're going to have to introduce him. Yeah, exactly. Us. Yeah. He, so his son, Eric Bowers, runs the 24 late model. So. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But yeah, so I that's his dad. He's He, he ran – the CN won the CNS championship for sportsman's in 91, I think. And then he was one of the big traveling guys, you know, they'd run beacon Hill one week, they'd run uh, CSIS one week and then CNS. And then they'd go down to Texas on that half mile at Terry Labonte and all them guys used to run. Yeah. So they, you know, it's just kind of like your dad been everywhere, raced everything, just cool stories all the time. I mean, I've heard some, I've heard some doozies out of these guys. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's pretty inter entertaining, you know, being around a guy like that. So he's definitely had a huge influence on what we do and how we do it. Well, okay. Well, when we, and then the dad for sure, probably will know him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure he does. When we have Kyle Morris 2.0, we're going to have to get him on and uh, you guys can hear some stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be – we'll try. He's a little behind on the technology. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get his son on there and he'll, he'll set him up. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, yeah, my last question here then. Um, speaking of traveling and whatnot, have you chased any big money races? Have you been around the country, chased, uh, gone to different tracks, um, done a national circuit, anything like that? No, like I said, we're, we're small. We're small funded. You know, it's all funded by back pocket and small sponsors. So we've done um, – we did a big modified race out in gearing, say, seven years ago. We've done a couple of big races in Pueblo and the Sportsman. Um, the mini stocks, we used to go to Wyoming for a big race. I went down when Altus was still open once for a big race in the mini stock. And then I, I think that's about it. I mean, we've, we've done some other stuff, but yeah, really furthest we've been is probably Nebraska. I do want to go. So I don't know if you guys ever seen the track in Bolivar, Missouri that they reopened last season, mm -mm. but uh -uh. every class there, they're paying 1500 to win every night. Dang. Whoa. Yeah, and they got Dang. modifieds, and they got late, big eight late models, which for me, I got to change clutches and change a couple of things, but we would be legal out there. So there's a part of me that's like, hmm, maybe it's time to go to Missouri. Yeah, hey, no yeah. kidding. Carpool. Carpool. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. We'll find a double car trailer and a big truck. Just go out there one damn truck and trailer. Hey, anybody yeah. out there listening, you got a big car trailer that you want to lease us. I was going to say, late model, Grand American modified legend, let's go. <laughs> we, we, we're fully covered. We're got insurance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great Frontier Insurance. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> shout out uh yeah well right on well thanks for that um i'm gonna hand it over to jake and let him load up on his questions cool yeah and uh, again thank you kyle for uh getting on uh with us and chatting with us a little while and kind of get to know you a little better we're you know love doing this with uh bringing some people on and getting uh fans out there to kind of know the drivers a little bit better so that way when they go out to the track you know they kind of like oh hey i know that guy I listened to him last weekend you know so yep Yep. Again, thank you for that. Um, but now that I know where you kind of live down in Peyton, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, no, you've been a half mile from my house. Yeah, yep. exactly. And, um, you know, that was uh, especially, you know, it wasn't so much to get down to like Monument. It, that's not so bad. But it was like we started going down into the boonies and going through <laughs> these like wooded areas. And we're like, are we sure we're going the right way? Or, you <laughs> and know? Then, he, then you come out of the forest and it opens up. And there's another yeah. little town yeah, there. There's a huge town. I'm like, oh, okay, here it is. So. <laughs> Living there, do, would you say you do more races at CNS or I-25? Like, why? Like, which one do you do more and why? Um, we definitely do more at CNS. We, we always run the full schedule at CNS. Um, we try to fit in one or two races at I-25 every year. Um, 
you know, we left I-25, car counts were struggling. We, I always had an itch to go to CNS. Um, we knew we couldn't compete in the modified. So we went to the late model so that, you know, we felt like we could be more competitive. We've had ups and downs, but we've had nights where we, you know, almost won the race. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've been competitive up there. Um, you know, I, I love I-25 and, you know, I really want to get back down there more, but it's hard when there's not car counts. It's hard when, um, to put it nicely, there's just drivers. There's a couple drivers there that I, I swear their only life job in life is to tear up equipment. So it's like <laughs> sometimes, you know, you're like, yeah, I want to go to I-25 and you sit there and look at his race and you're like, mm. maybe it's not. And that's not yeah. the track's fault. You have that up in Denver too, but yeah, you get a lot more spread out in Denver than you do at I-25. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're always, even if there's only six cars, you will find a way to always be in traffic in Pueblo. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I saw last weekend to kind of piggyback off of that. I did see the, um, the I-25, they did do a live feed on Facebook and I watched oh, did it. They? Really? And they had four super late models run the main event. And that was Yikes. it. And the Yakis took up half the field. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, wow. yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I wish, I love that track too. Beacon Hill has always been a, you know, such a cool little short track and, you know, and high banked as well. I just, I don't know if it's advertising or they just need to hopefully get some sponsors and put in some money to the purses and whatnot. I don't know what they got to do to get, maybe some. they need someone to do a podcast for them. They definitely need to work getting their name out there. There's, there's a lot of, you know, I don't want to bad mouth the track. I, I freaking love that track. I actually yeah. still like driving there more than I like driving in Denver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a blast, especially in a modified where you've got too much motor. It's one of the <laughs> tracks where it's still, the tire is restrictive because, 400 horsepower is too much around that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Modified on eight inch tire. You know, it. you can rip the tires off at will all the time. So, I mean, I, I still love that place and I, I love Denver too. I've, I, you know, I like the way Denver races. There's, there's a little more room to maneuver, things like that. But man, just, just when you get down there, like when I started, there was 35 mini stocks trying to make a 20 car show Hell yeah. Yeah. every night. So, yeah. Well, I'd love to get back to that. And especially up in Denver here, you know, get up to that where uh, you got to race your ass into that main mm -hmm. event and uh yep. you know get better yourself you know instead of going out and well there's four cars at show. least like, yeah. yeah i made the show no matter what it just showed up you know so yep. yeah i agree with you there well cool man um well kind of leading into the next question out of i-25 uh cns out of all the drivers you've raced against no matter what series it uh was what was that one driver that you love doing battles with and why there's there's actually two that really get me um and i'll tell you and I'll, there's always a driver or two that no matter who you are and how fast or how slow you are if you get around that driver he's gonna bring out the best in you and and you're gonna bring out the best in him and for me it's always been since the modifieds in pueblo and uh even the late model in denver we had a couple of good battles last year's dan alama i mean we have probably run 300 laps side by side. And last year, the last night of the main on the last lap is the first time we've ever touched cars. Wow. Damn. But from Pueblo, we've, it was every main event. It was me and Dan Alma side by side. And then to piggyback onto that, Aaron Paulson, that's another one of my favorite guys. Like, and they're guys that if you run them dirty, they'll run you dirty back. But I mean, if you run them clean, man, Dan and Dan and Aaron are just amazing to race with when you get side by side with them. And, and, you know, and it's it's always fun to race someone next that you can next to someone that you can trust like that. You know they're mm -hmm. not going to tear your equipment up, and you know they're going to give you everything they got every lap. And you're and they know you're doing the same. Yeah. Makes it more fun. Oh yeah, yeah that's like I say. You could have a great two car race with guys that drive like that. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. 
Well, since you named Aaron Paulson, I, I do have to apologize to him from last weekend. You know, I am a very clean driver, and it, it, what happened to him was very unfortunate. It was just an accident. You know, I would love to have battled with that guy. I battled him a little bit, you know, in the heat race, and like you said, he was he was good to do battles with. And if you're keeping up with him, then you know you're doing something right. So, you know, yep. I, I hear you there. So, well, cool. Uh, well, just my last question here. Um, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier and, uh, when you were talking to Brandon, but, um, especially at CNS, if there's one thing that you think that could make the racing better or something that could change, what would you like to see change or make better to just make the overall, not only experience, but just the racing for the drivers and the fans better? Um, shrink, shrink the budget. It takes to run a race car. It doesn't matter where it's at, you know, get back mm -hmm. to where we were in the late eighties, early nineties. You know, if you look at yeah, it wasn't as fast and it wasn't as pretty, but you know, you had 35, 40 cars in almost every class, every night. It doesn't matter where you went. You had cars that can go back and forth and track to track dirt, asphalt. Now everything's specialized. When we get to the specialized stuff, you, you take what maybe 40 cars and you put it in 15 guys want to run here and 25 guys want to run here and five guys quit. And now you have, now you're pulling 15 cars out of pool of 20 instead of pulling 25 cars out of pool of 40. Mm -hmm. right. So when you have this kind of cost and this kind of constant evolving technology, I know it's part of part of everything that goes on. Doesn't matter what it is, but when you look at what was created in that era with the racing, you had so many guys racing because they could go down to the boneyard, get a motor, put a set of heads in a cam in it, mm -hmm. and be competitive. Mm -hmm. And they could build a chassis and they could go run dirt or asphalt with that chassis. And you know, so much of that is gone that you can't do that. Now some of the super stocks you can, but even if you go look at dirt stock cars they got those things moving so far that there's, there's just no way yeah, that yeah. anything that comes from the asphalt side could be competitive. And every, every track has a different motor rule. Every track has a different tire rule. Every track has a different shock rule. And it's like yeah. with everything doing this, there's no way we can pull the group that's here together. We just, we pull it apart further every time. Yeah. Well, and if I can jump in there, I think, you know, just getting into the legend cars here and kind of shopping around doing all this stuff, like, that is why I, in my opinion, there's so many legends out there is because it's spec everything. You can't just go run whatever you want. Like it's to the rule book and it's fairly cheap. I mean, racing in any aspect is not cheap in, in any sense of the word, but just looking up the parts and all the specs and rules and stuff like that. I think that's why we see 29, 30 legend cars every Saturday night is because people can yeah. afford it. And it's the same thing. Yeah. And, and, and piggybacking off that, if you look at that, you know, you go, you can go tomorrow. You can go put dirt tires on that car, go run dirt. Exactly. You can go run it on road course. You can go out and run the nationals in North Carolina. You can go run the Western nationals. I think mm -hmm. are going to be in gearing this year. I mean, if you look at, you know, I, I'm, there's a lot of political stuff with INX. that's not the greatest, right? but with having the same cars and, and everybody being available to do the same changes to the cars, you, you just make that driver pool bigger. Exactly. And that's, mm -hmm. That's the that's the most important thing is how do you expand the pool of drivers willing to do this? Yeah, yeah, and you're not spending you know thousand dollars on this particular part where the other guy that you know blue collar guy works nine to five can't afford that. Like it's all the I mean now the different motors kind of come into play with the Z09, but it's just I I like it and I'm I'm super excited to get into it because of that fact. Yeah, and at some point that rush to get the Z09 is going to drop the price off. Oh yeah. You still have the whole country rushing to flip the cars to Z09s or buy Z09 cars. So that, that price is still really high. Give it three or four years, and that Z09 will be – there'll be enough used ones in the market. There'll be enough new ones, mm. and the, the 
the price will tank on them. They'll still be expensive, but yeah, I mean, but just that style of racing. And I'm not necessarily saying spec. I, I'm a fan, you know, the crate motor thing. I get it for guys that can't build motors or guys that, you know, don't want to spend money in a machine shop, call GM up, you order $8,000 motor. It's on your doorstep, put it in the car, you go racing. I mean, that's, that's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But bringing like, you know, if you go like, just look at the late model class, if you go out West, you got junior late models. If you go East, you got big eight late models. You got big 10 late models. You got CRA super series. You got super late models. And you look at, there's all these cars that are similar, but you got to change the damn kitchen sink to go run with any of these <laughs> yeah. tracks. Yeah, and it's like, how do you even in super late model? How do you get guys to travel if that's the case? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that you know, that's been my biggest thing is, if you had everybody sit down and go, you know, this is what we need to do, then we could get better. But yeah. as long as it's IMCA, USMTS, CRA, you know, and SRL, and all these different directions being pulled, it's going to continue to to decline and and eventually die. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's of our own doing because we're all stubborn as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to get those <laughs> to <put> it lightly. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We're all stubborn. That's what we do. Yeah. It, our, one series is thinking that they're better than the other and they're doing the right thing. And then instead of just thinking about, you know, okay, how do we, how do we get more drivers in the seat? Like, yeah. what do we have to do? I, and business is business. And I know how things, you know, work on the back end, but ultimately you got to think well, what's going to be the best for the sport more or less than what's going to be best for us to be, show up, you know, IMCA and, Oh, well, we're, we're doing something a little different. Why don't you come over here? It's like, well, no, why don't you guys make it easier for them to run a Friday night show on an IMCA car and then come run your show on a Saturday night. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. You can't. I mean, it would. If we're talking anything. Anything we're talking about would be ten years out from making changes like that because yeah. it would it would take forever to get people on board. But until we all, it's you look at NASCAR. NASCAR is being pulled a million different directions, and you you look at the chaos that's ensued with the new car and the old car mm-hmm. and all the track changes, and you just you see the same same pull that we're getting on the short track side, front and center with NASCAR, and they're struggling. And it's, it's really the same thing. It, the best way to get it in is just, you know, you know, NASCAR, my opinion, is go to shorter tracks all the time. But, you know, we just you got to pull that talent. You should have, you know, you should be able to take a guy like me should be able to go to a NASCAR short track and get it, you know, find a NASCAR chassis, build a NASCAR car and go take my shot running a short track race with NASCAR. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want to build a series, that's the way to do it. Make it to yeah. where Joe Schmo can give you that shot and maybe someone will notice him. He might have spent mm-hmm. forty grand, but that forty grand's worth it for a shot. Yeah, yeah exactly. And he owns his car; he didn't rent his car. Yeah, right. and that's the other thing that's gotten really bad racing is the renting of of machines. That's that's actually another whole issue that's tearing the sport apart. Yeah, yeah. thirty five grand would have got you in the Arca show last <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah, well, I thought Kyle was going to hop in there and do it. Oh, good, no. <laughs> I'd be dead. I just, yeah, my wife would kill me if I spent 35 grand to go run one race. <laughs> no, but you wouldn't uh, be but, talking to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you're 100% right. I mean, you look at it back just a few years ago. There was a single car team. Well, at the time, they were a two car team, but it's basically a single car team wins the championship. Next year, they're out of racing because they yeah, can't afford it. Exactly. Yeah. How, how pathetic is that? Yeah. That's what you just like you're just saying. You want that in your sport. The underdog story that is the ultimate underdog story. What Martin Truex Jr. was able to do in the furniture row car to go out and compete and then to win the championship. And then because of the dollars and the, and the money and the, the technology and everything else that goes into those things, they couldn't afford to do it anymore. Yep. It's like, that's, that, it's, excuse my French. That's pretty damn sad. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, and you, you look at short track racing. I'll be honest with you. There's 500 Kyle Larson's out there. Oh, They'll yeah. Just never get noticed. Yeah. Yep. Unless yeah, you got uh, money. Funding. Yeah. Yep. And Kyle's yeah. one of the guys had money, funding. He's the full package. He can flat drive anything he puts his damn ass in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's got the money and he sells, you know, he's had some issues, but he sells it just good enough to keep some, keep him happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all he needs. But there's, there's 500 more out there like that. And there's probably, there's probably some dude down in Kentucky that can drive better than he's ever dreamed <laughs> of driving that'll never get noticed. Yeah. And, and, then then, got, and that's just the whole problem with racing to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got people like Paul Menard, who's just got a daddy that's loaded. Now yeah. I'll sponsor your car for six years. Austin yeah. Dillon. Austin Dillon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Austin Dillon. Ty, Ty Gibbs is going to be the next one of those. And I think Ty can drive, but he'll never live down that, you know, just like Junior. You know, Junior had talent, but he never walked out of his dad's shadow. And exactly. a lot of people say he had, but he never has. Yeah. No. no. And, and you know, you go look at Ty Gibbs. He, he's he's going to be in the shadow of the, you know, being Gibbs, son. Yeah. It'll yeah. be like that forever. I mean, that's because you've eliminated the ability for anybody small time to come through and actually, you know, move up in racing. Yeah. They never actually you've eliminated that. turn the wrenches and get greasy hands and feel what it's like to be on a budget like you and me and, and yeah. try and go out there and race your ass off still. And then have to two days later, turn around and try and get the car ready again. You just show up to the track in your private jet and, Hop in the car, hop out, and head home. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, and that's that's part of the problem. Is the other part of it is I think you know a lot of these kids shouldn't be allowed to drive till they've crewed for a year. Yeah, hey, I think nice. you should be on a pit crew for a year. You know, you should see what goes in the entire operation before you're able to get in and run your. You know, you get in and run a race. Right. Well, I'll tell yeah, you what. Yeah. Let's uh, get a loan out and start our own series, kind of like SRX. Did. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Tony's doing a lot of right stuff with the SRX, and I think it's. If they are able to expand it and, and move it beyond just superstar drivers, I mean, let's be honest, right. superstars and a few washed up guys. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you get beyond that and move it, they're they're building a car that runs on dirt and asphalt. They want to take it on road courses. They want to do other things with them. And you're and if that comes to fruition, I think you're really going to see yep. a whole migration of people starting to follow that that idea if it works. Yeah. Well, so, I, you know. I'd love to see it have like a, a minor league series, kind of like the Xfinity, you know, for that showcases all those local talent. Mm-hmm. And then, you, uh, you know, Friday night, Friday night, you run the local show. And then Saturday night, you got the big names, but and you then know, they you, cross them up. You think about that and you go back into what was the SRL before it was the SRL series. It was the Winston West series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody and their mother went out and ran with it. You know, look at Yaki and all them guys, Yaki, Avance. Yep. Them guys would go run three, four nights a year with the, uh, the Winston West series because yep. that was their chance. Yep. That's what that series was for. And you'd get 50 cars showing up for those Winston West series. Oh, God. And now you when go they, look- they used to have so many cars when they came to CNS. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was crazy. I remember watching them at PPIR when I was a kid. I was going to say, yeah, because yeah. wasn't it uh, the – what was it called? The late model uh, tour, Southwest yep. Tour. Southwest yeah. Tour, yep. Yeah, I, I, I agree because nowadays it's the – to get your shot, you have to go in the Arca series. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's some – I mean, look at – what is what do Bubba Pollard and – Stephen Nassie exactly. and all them guys that do all them stuff themselves. Now they're they got money. There's no doubt about it. But you look at Bubba. Bubba owns his damn business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not just raising. He's a business owner, so he he knows both ends of it. Yeah, and the guy never gets an opportunity. You look at Nassie and all them guys that should be there and they're not. Yeah, in it's my just, opinion, it, it, it's just unfortunate that there's no 
I mean, you look at some of these guys like Josh Berry and stuff like that, who does end up getting a little bit of an opportunity, but those are so few and far between nowadays. Yeah. That, yeah, it, it plays a part into why the, the sport has become diluted with just, yeah, with just guys who don't know what they're doing and they money just have and a politics. Boat, boat, boatload of money. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the, the think about where the sport could be if they just had shit ton excuse me shit ton more talented drivers out there just running in the cup series and the xfinity series and everything else but well yeah. like you said kyle too is is going to more short tracks too i i i hate kind of when they go to like you know i'm glad california they're they're switching their track up to be a short track but you know you go to these mile mile and a half tracks you know two mile tracks and the stands are not even half full but you yeah put that on a short track like north Wilkesboro, uh the rockingham you know them stands would be completely packed and that's well, so, what i would love to see again but we talk about stands let's be honest even in a hundred thousand people that's not the money pool for nascar yeah no right you're no. talking they're making 30 40 billion dollar tv deals oh, yeah, so exactly. what the what does it matter if there's thirty thousand people in the stands versus 130 yeah it all the people on TV want to see is full stands. They don't care how many people are actually there. They just want to see full stands. Yep. Mm -hmm. They want to see something interesting. You put 30, 30, you put 30 cup cars on CNS and run heats like they did the, you know, the dirt derby when they first did Eldora with Tony, you do that at CNS. I mean, you're going to, people are going to watch that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And you know, the dirt derby always had problems because they want to put on pay-per-view. It wasn't a regular race. So no, you know, you had to pay to watch it. Well, that's not how it should be. You should just be doing enough TV ratings, your TV deal. Yeah. Spend enough but, TV, TV. Yeah. I was going to say spend enough on Comcast anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but could you imagine seeing, you know, 40 cup guys trying to qualify in for a race at Slinger where they take like 24 cars? Oh, oh that'd be awesome. That'd be It'd awesome. be freaking awesome. That'd you, be awesome. You would literally, you would bring young and old into it because it would be so much more hectic and so much more jam packed. And, you know, they wouldn't have to change cars. We, they wouldn't need 20 cars sitting around. You know, you're running short tracks. Yeah. They're straight. You're good to go. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think heat cars are uh, short tracks backbone. We need to bring that back and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Dead on. Hey, we're still trying to advocate for uh, the SRX to come to CNS. So, you know, Tony, yeah. Ray Evanham, you're hearing us right now. Let's, go, <laughs> let's do it. I think, I think once the you. SRX goes to 22 or 24 cars instead of 12. Oh, it'll yeah. really open things up. Oh, I mean, right yeah. now being limited at 12 and that really just kind of hurts the whole deal because I mean, let's be honest, no track owner wants to go have six, eight, 10, 12 car shows. They all want 20 to plus shows on every no. class. Yeah. So, you know, and CNS has done some good things. You know, you look at the late models and pro trucks and modifieds even this year have all gained cars from where they were last year and the year before. So there's some good things on the rise, but until you have big fields, people want to see a ton of cars battling it out. They want racing all over the track. They don't want spread out racing like you see on mile and a half tracks. Yep. Yeah. Well, and the fact that they have a couple big money races here I was coming just going to say, yeah. That's that, I mean, that's that's a huge part of it. I mean, people want that draw. Well, that's going to be a draw. So hopefully, yeah, I hopefully they can get some sponsorships out of this deal coming up this year and then into next season and keep it rolling because that's. I mean, you're going to see people coming from Nebraska. You're going to see people coming from Texas. You're going to see yep. them coming from all over, be able to join that race. Because, I mean, five grand to win, uh, sign me up. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, you know, to piggyback you there, uh, I don't know if it's gone through yet, so I'm kind of jumping the gun here. But we are uh -oh, working on uh -oh. a, a, not a huge race, but a, we're trying to get a thousand to win race up in Cheyenne for the late model. So. Nice. To piggyback you there, Cheyenne's, if you look at Cheyenne's working really hard to get some things going, they just had an awesome super stock race for a thousand to win. Um, they've, they've been working really hard and getting things together. I went up there this year, ran with them, had a blast. So 
I think yeah. you know, just a you know it, it's a itty bitty little racetrack, and I tell you what, if you haven't driven I twenty five and you haven't driven Cheyenne, you need to. Yeah, throw gears in it, go have fun. They're a blast, even with three cars. They're a blast. <laughs> I think Jeremy won that, didn't he? Jeremy, Jeremy Wall did win that. Yeah, yeah, he won that race. And I think congrats he, to him. He he came from the back to the front too, didn't he? Yeah, I know. I sold him tires for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Those Kyle Moore special new. tires. No, go. they've been sitting in the trailer since opening night because I don't like the way they staggered. And he called me, you got any tires? I'm like, yeah. So he got a $120 discount on tires because he bought them. <laughs> nice. nice. And then goes, out and, wins. Them. goes out and wins. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know, think he owes you beer now. Nah, no. Jeremy's one of them guys, but he just he never quits working. That dude's uh, pretty impressive, actually. If you see, if you know how hard he works, it's never ending for him. I mean, well, how many track championships did he win in a row? Uh, four, five, four. Something. I think he has four, and because Makichi got one year, so I think he's got four, and then he got his fifth last year. Yeah, I mean that just in the figure eight series is no no slouch. I mean, yeah. there's some really good drivers in that series. Yep. And, it, and well, and he's leading points in super stocks and figure eight, so it's yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, Definitely. it's good to see him doing that. Finally, make that jump and get off of the figure eight and, and do something with it. I mean, his true talent is showing through this year, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Winning at CNS and then also winning at other places, you know, go to Intermountain and boom, wins the race. So definitely a hats off to him. Uh, so I always call it big country. I know it's Intermountain, but it's always yeah, big country to me. Exactly. Every time I'm yeah, up there, exactly. it's big country. It's <laughs> 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 like I-25 is always Beacon Hill. Always yeah, Beacon yeah, Hill. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's it, a lot of years gone by since Beacon Hill days, but yeah, I, I still remember spending a lot of time down at uh, down there in the motorhome, staying the night, coming <laughs> out. Yeah, oh yeah, making that trip was fun. Probably knew each other's kids, had no clue. Probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead, Jordan. I was just gonna say uh, that's all I I had for Kyle, and we'll definitely have to get a. A two point. It seems like the going thing here with all our guests, we have to do a, a two point with them on to get more stories. And I don't even think we got into any cool racing stories in this I've, one. I've got a few. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I do definitely... have to ask one more question, though. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. So, uh, since we had to spray off your car last weekend, uh, <laughs> how much extra cleaning does uh, Brandon got to come out and do on your car? <laughs> Actually, so he, he got lucky because we came home and changed the spindle. So most everything on the right front got torn off and thrown out. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it burned. It burned everything. It was so so. When I say, I guess it's hard to say. So at, at one point between sometime between lap three and five, when I let off the the brakes, it must the caliper must have came back, but the brake pad stayed open or didn't come back with the caliper right away. And actually it picked a chunk of rubber about three quarter inch by three quarter inch and actually pinned it between the caliper and rubber. Oh, so all it did was drag the inner brake pad for 27 laps. Oh, so that's why I, was, I kept coming over. I was like, I don't know what's wrong, but we got no horsepower. Well, yeah, I'm dragging. So, and I dragging. just put brand new $200 PFC 01 brake pads on it. Oh, so literally I just, I, I killed a $200 spindle, killed a $200 set of brake pads. Damn it. And caught on fire. <laughs> did, did you know you were on fire when you came into the pits? Or no, not? I had no clue. Like say, because <laughs> typically when you have a brake fire or even an oil fire, a lot of times they won't catch fire until you pull off the track. Right. Because there's just enough airflow to keep right. things from catching on fire. Right. So like I knew the brakes were getting weird because I was trying to hang on to seventh or eighth. You know, I knew I had no horsepower and I could see old Mikey Blacker coming up in my mirror. So I just started bonsai in the corner because I had no horsepower. 
And so I, I just bonsai the corner, worked it harder. Well, hell, I think I, I think I burned it up even worse when I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because as soon as you came in by the pit area, I turned and looked, and I saw that right front, and it was flaming. And I'm like, yeah. I looked, I looked through the window at you. I was like, dude, you're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say is put it out. Yeah, the yeah. You. <laughs> I, I never seen a man move so fast taking off seatbelts. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, I remember being a kid when I was a kid. I raced, you know, and we didn't have full containment seats. We didn't have Hans devices. It was just a five point harness a fire suit and i think gloves were optional when i started racing so, so you know i'm used to the old, you know the old days you just flip or jump out and you're done now you gotta unhook the radio unhook the hans and you gotta unhook the belts and you gotta make sure you ain't hanging up your wires and it's like man it's like crawling in and out of a freaking spaceship to get in these things <laughs> oh yeah i i always get in the car super early before we even have to start heading out because i'm like okay i gotta double check this gotta yeah, hook exactly. up this gotta put this on yeah <laughs> I was so I remember being a kid. I, I laugh about this. <laughs> I always say this when I get in the car. Now someone's got to pull my left belt strap for me. Yep. I don't know what happened. Either I got just fat enough, I can't do it, <laughs> or these seats are so restrictive, I can't do it. And that's what I'm voting. But <laughs> it's just weird because I remember as a kid, I'd go racing by myself and I'd strap my ass in the car, go race, then strap myself. And now I got I got to have somebody walk over and yank the belts for me. Yeah, you got to have an interior guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, George, that's George that's my job. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Spot yeah, pull my belt. Yep. <laughs> that's it. Hand him his helmet. Make sure it don't scratch on the bars. Yep. <laughs> no, mine's beat up because you know you're sitting there, you're trying to wiggle your helmet on the Hans device on it. Oh, it's 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 miserable. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm glad we didn't ruin. Uh, I guess too many more parts no, on that. I, I tried no, not no, to no. spray it too bad, but it didn't. It didn't hurt anything. It was already hurt. It just it's one of the nights. You know, you you know, we felt all night like we gained on the car, and then come the man i'm like you know i, I feel like we're going to be decent we're running older tires than everybody else because we were way off cycle on the tire the tire mm -hmm. game because the week before we were having trouble and managed to run third on old tires so now we're on our tires from opening night that are on their fourth night so it's like look we're going to be at best a sixth place car because our tires are junk and then you're sitting there and you're like what the hell just happened i have no horsepower everything's gone wrong it's just like it's one of those nights that starts out decent and just <laughs> straight down yeah right <laughs> Oh, uh, well, right on. Well, yeah, from all three of us, uh, we want to thank you for coming on this week. Uh, it's definitely a, uh, a fun uh, little time to sit here and chit chat with you, gain a little bit more insight as to uh, who you are and where you've come from and, and you know, your continued uh, career. Hopefully everything goes well for you for the rest of the season. I mean, we'll definitely be back out there with you and we'll, we'll have some time to chit chat a little bit further off, uh, off podcast a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> and then looking forward to uh, racing against you in the iRacing series here this fall too. I, oh, yeah. I, that's one thing I definitely look forward to doing. Um, that's, that's my highlight of my career right there is I can get <laughs> on the iRacing and then run out of fuel and give you the win on the last lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, we were having a good one that night. So before we go, one quick story, since we talked a lot about uh, Dale Jr. on here, and you had Wee Man on here. We did. So you got to ask Wee Man about 2.30 in the morning about dumping Dale Jr. to win at Bristol in the street stocks. Oh. Okay. Okay. Oh, he flat. Yeah, next time you have Wee Man on, yeah. He flat dumped him. He'll swear he didn't dump him, but somewhere <laughs> I got video we can play. He dumped him. Just to be in the same race as him. I mean, damn. Oh, we. so it was Mark, Scott Trantham, me, and I want to say Jeremy Wall might have been there that night, but – yeah, he, he was running, and Dale kind of came down a little bit. We men just shot straight up, took him out, and won the race. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot so, of people can say that. So then we're talking, and so I said, Dale Jr., you know you just got dumped by the head flagman at CNS. <laughs> uh -oh. 
<laughs> Did he respond? Yeah, he's like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> he's, he's, he's cool as hell about it. Uh, well, we man definitely didn't mention that. Yeah, yeah, because no. he's no fun like that. You know, you just got you got to bring it out of him. <laughs> well, maybe we will have to have both of you on the yeah. same podcast next time. Oh, that'd be scary. We'll ask him this Saturday <laughs> when we see him in the pits. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I heard you're the most hated man by Dale Jr. <laughs> <laughs> <That'd> be awesome. <laughs> if he wasn't now, if he wasn't then, he is now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right on, Kyle. Like uh, George said, appreciate you coming on. I know we've been talking about it for a while, and. Um, it's just one of them things with scheduling and stuff like that, but yep. super glad you got on and coming to coming to like you, man. You're a good dude and uh, getting to know more about you. So appreciate you coming on. Yeah, definitely. Um, one more, if I can, before I go, one more quick plug. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Yes, sir. Next big compliance. Um, uh, your home goat sold guaranteed realty. Huge shout out to Scott Trantham and Del Trantham, Trantham Racing, uh, Dynamic Shocks, Laramie Duncan, Glenn Bowers, Eric Bowers. Um, just all these guys that make this possible for me week to week, even Brett Rice, you know, has jumped in and helped out just everybody has done this, you know, huge shout out, shout out to all the track guys that are always there. People to keep us safe. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me on. It's been, it's been fun. It's definitely a uh, first real podcast I've done. So, oh, and beehive media, you know, got to give Robbie and Casey. Oh, yeah. got to give them, exactly. give them a big shout out. Well, here's in that. Well, do you have any social media handles that maybe some of our listeners could follow you at? Um, so K and K racing on Facebook is typically where I kind of stay. So if you're going to my personal side, I try to keep a little more personal, but K and K racing is really the only thing I keep up on Facebook. Um, other than that, you know, that that's about it. I don't, I don't delve too much into the, I'm old, I'm washed up, you know, I'm not going to get my big <laughs> shot. So one Facebook page for me is enough. That there works. No, there you go. If you want to follow Kyle Morse and his team this season, go give him a, go give him a follow on Facebook. I can root for that. Uh, number 94 late model when you yep, see it out there. And you can pick up some our shirts, hats off uh, the fans' website from Gears and Glitz. There you Everybody's go, interested there in that stuff. They're on there. I got to start collecting. I got to start getting everybody's gear so that way I can have different stuff to wear throughout the week. Exactly. Exactly. I, I'll be honest, dude. I got my I got my Kyle Moore shirt, and I catch myself wearing that at least twice a week because I got two. Yeah, of them. might as Heck well. Yeah. There you go. We're we're working on our gear too. Yeah. Awesome. Did awesome. you sign your uh, your own shirt and wear your own autograph shirt? <laughs> no. I got a black shirt. I they can't autograph a black shirt. So. I got true. smart. I got Sharpie, a little yeah. smart. Well, okay, I'll give you that. I'm, I'll tell you what. The worst thing is a driver's autograph and freaking flags at CNS. Yeah. Really? I, oh, they're miserable to autograph. I I would agree with that. I've signed a couple so far, and and they're not the funnest thing to to sign. I can tell you that. Yep. Or some <laughs> kid comes to you like a seventy dollar hoodie. Can you sign my hoodie? No one else has signed it, and you're like. Uh, You're looking at his parents like, are you going to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, or you get those kids that they like have everybody that has a signature. And you're like, well, there's no spot for me. Let me just sign your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why you got to start keeping a washable marker. Just whisper to them. Hey, it's clums off in the wash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? I, chat, you know, the parents out there, you know, that bring these kids to the track. I mean, they just, they seem to love it. And then mm -hmm. I, the, my favorite part of the night, you could have a bad night and you got 20 kids in line for an autograph. And you're like, all right, it ain't so bad now. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So why you do it most days? Yeah, Absolutely. I think so. I don't know. It's <laughs> definitely, definitely not for a paycheck. That's for sure. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> right on brother. Well, enjoyed it. Like we did having you on and uh, get some listeners here and uh, Kyle Morse. There you have it. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you guys. You have a good night. All right. You All too. Right. So as always, we hope you guys enjoyed everything about this episode and this whole Scrubbing Tires podcast. Hell of a guest we had, Kyle Morris. That was a, a fun interview to do. Definitely have to get him back on here to get more racing stories. I don't think we got into too many there and 
after we kind of cut, we uh, it, we shared some, so we'll definitely have to get him on there, much like uh, Chuck Smith Jr. last weekend. He's got a lot of them been uh, with being around racing as, as much as he has. So I'm excited for you guys this weekend. Like I said, I'm going to be tuning in and uh, checking in with Jordan, everybody, to see how you do, Jake. And uh, bummer, I can't be there, but looking forward to the to the 25th weekend and um, hoping we can get the uh, legend car maybe somewhat put together and I can go practice that weekend out there. So yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all the stuff you've been sharing with all the work you've been doing so far, uh, it's getting me excited to try and get you out on that track. So yeah, we'll, we'll get uh, we'll get you set up. Well, at least uh, we got to get you a seat first. You know, get yep, that. Yeah, that's in the that's in the works. It's in the works. That's good. Yeah, we'll get that seat in there and you know make you feel comfortable and get all that set up. I you know we talked to Clegg last weekend uh, or the last race we were out and you know kind of asked for some Scotty Scott yeah. and Scotty Scott and you know that was good to talk to them and give you some pointers and stuff. So. Yeah, definitely. You know, we'll we'll get that car out there that uh, last weekend, and you know, we'll we'll be out there probably practicing too. So we'll bring your car out, and we'll yeah, we'll just have a good old time out there. Heck yeah! Right on. Yeah, I I agree. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I thought that was a great interview with Kyle Morse. We're definitely going to have to get him back on. I think that there's some things that we still can get out of that man <laughs> going forward. So uh, we might have to have a Kyle Morse 2.0 like we had talked about. So uh yeah looking forward to this weekend like we talked about before the uh before the interview there the this weekend's race i'm i'm excited about it i'm hoping yeah again that they have a full field of cars uh gonna be exciting i mean five grand is gonna be that's a lot of money so yes. there's gonna be some beating of doors there's gonna be some hard hard racing i think this upcoming weekend you're gonna see people go all out so uh, you you guys out there listening tell your friends tell your family come by come see us uh we do i think we're gonna have some t-shirts finally yes from our race team yes uh, uh, a little bit of exciting news so fingers crossed yes yeah come by get yourself a t-shirt buy a t-shirt jake uh, jake will sign it for you guys and come say hi come check us out after the race um hopefully it's a good one get in the stands cheer your favorite racers on you know we're trying to get more and more guys to come on here and interview and get to know a lot of the fa familiar faces that are out there you know them by their number and their name but trying to get a little bit more backstory on some of these people and give them a chance to talk and tell their stories and everything so you know we love doing this so hopefully you guys too and keep tuning in share like us everything possible help us get uh help us get us back on the map a little bit and get a little bit more uh, visibility and to what we can do here in Colorado and the, the amount of racing that we do do. We, I think that we compete just up there with anybody out there and across the United States, there's some really good drivers here and you know, we just want to help showcase that a little bit. So thank you everybody for tuning in and yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, absolutely. And like uh, George said, find us on Facebook scrubbing tires podcast and I'll uh, end with what Chris Eggleston said in his uh, victory celebration there after the feature win. So uh, the best fans in Colorado right here in the state. So uh, we appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate your support on and off the track and listening into uh, podcasts like we have. So appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Jake and Jordan and uh, Mr. Morse for coming on the show this week and hope everybody has a great week and uh, good luck this weekend, Jake. And we'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Hell yeah. Right, we'll talk to you Cheers. later. Cheers. All you, new leader, checkers are out, bring it home, come on. Jacob, Jordan, and myself would like to say thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Scrub and Tires podcast. 
As always, you can find us on Facebook by searching at Scrubbin' Tires Podcast. Again, that's at Scrubbin' Tires Podcast.